You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Wednesday. We are back and doing it, and I don't know why I'm sitting like this. My chair is like sitting all like backwards or whatever. Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team. Every day, I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverine's Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. I still don't have much of a voice, but the coughing hopefully won't happen. I don't have a drink here to keep me safe, so let's do it. <laughs> it's been like, I, I feel like it's been like since midseason. I've been sick since midseason. It's not good. It's not great. Anyway, so we were going to continue on our uh, trajectory with the spring football preview. We are going to take a break from that today. We're definitely taking a break from that tomorrow, maybe even on Friday. We might push back the mailbag even to Friday, depending on uh, what we have with the press conference tomorrow, as well as the basketball team. So, which annoyingly is around the same time as each other. Good job coordinating Michigan football and Michigan basketball. But today, I want to go over some things um, uh, that uh, I wrote about uh, on Wolverine's Wire. Because there was um, a lot, you know, the Cornelius Johnson stuff. He spoke to uh, John Jansen on the In the Trenches podcast. And he talked about the Ohio State touchdown, for instance, and then ironically enough, I, I came across a Cleveland.com article coming for, out of the Combine about uh, Cameron Brown, the cornerback from Ohio State. I'm going to lead off with this, and we'll get to the other topics that I'll discuss when we get there. Because um, it's, it's really funny. Now, some of the stuff that was said was somewhat ascribed to Brown without being in the quote. So let, let, me, let me pull this up to make sure that I have at least what was reported. So the story was about how Michigan and Ohio State players were getting along at the Combine and that there was no, like, bad blood and they, you know, were able to kind of, you know, put the rivalry aside in order to just, like, support each other at this, uh, at this event. And you, you had one player, I can't remember who, said, I don't want to talk about them uh, at his podium session. When it gets to Cameron Brown, and I I quote, this is the article, and I'll make sure you know when the actual quote is. Brown had plenty to say into his when pondering the rivalry's return next season. He said that the Michigan players, quote, can't talk to me much, unquote, implying that the Wolverines still aren't at on his level despite claiming two straight wins. And watching Michigan celebrate, both like it had won something bigger than one game, parading around the field, planting their flag at midfield in Columbus, struck Brown as funny. Quote, they won two games in the last 15, end quote. Brown said, quote, they got it. They can have that, end quote. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of context added by, by Cleveland.com, and I think that's important to note because... You have this whole Michigan still isn't on his level despite two straight wins, watching Michigan celebrate. Like, none of that was actually said in this quote. But the can't talk to me much was a quote. And uh, in the non-quote about 
Michigan not being on his level. Why is this funny? And like that, that's funny to him that Michigan, according to cleveland.com, that Michigan was out there celebrating and all of that. That's funny to him. Now, keep in mind, Cameron Brown is technically two and two against Michigan. He played in the 2019 game, didn't have great scores in that game. Uh, if I recall, actually, I think I, 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 I'm not thinking of that one. I'm thinking of 2021. Sorry. Um, I, I, so he was at least on the team. I don't know if he played in the 2019 game, but he was on the team in 2019. In 2021, because keep in mind, they didn't play in 2020. Uh, he did not have good scores, according to PFF. What's more, he is responsible for the biggest highlight in that game, which was him going down to tackle Hassan Haskins and Hassan Haskins hurtling over him in a must-tackle situation at that point in the game. That play is emblematic of that game. That is the highlight that everyone is going to remember above all else, even though it wasn't a touchdown, from that game. So, negative one point, one demerit to Cameron Brown. The second point is he also didn't really have a very good game in 2022. Because in 2022, he had a a middling PFF score. It was like 64.9 for the game defensively overall. But he had a tackling score in the 40s. And I wonder what could have prompted that. Oh, wait, on Michigan's first touchdown, when J.J. McCarthy was being uh, flushed back in the pocket and made what looked like a desperate check down in the flat to Cornelius Johnson, Cornelius Johnson had to break two would-be tacklers, one who had him dead to rights. Who do you think that was? It was Cameron Brown. Michigan can't, players can't say anything to him. He's still riding high from all the successes he didn't have. Uh, so I think that is hilarious because that might not be the emblematic play of that game, but that was when the floodgates started opening. Michigan wasn't getting much accomplished before that Cornelius Johnson first touchdown. The second, the second touchdown was Cameron Martinez, the, Mar- the Muskegon native being out of position. And then, you know, there were other players involved at different positions that, you know, wasn't Cameron Brown on Colston Loveland. I'd have to go back and rewatch the whole game to see if there were any other bad moments for him. But it, maybe if you are, are essentially the face of why things didn't go well for you, what for your team in the two losses you had, it's probably not a good thing to, to, to cast these types of, uh, to have this kind of pride. So like on the, you know, when, when I'm writing these articles, I have to do like a little tagline that shows up on like the Wolverines wire social media. If you were wondering who writes those for my articles, I write them for Trent's articles. He writes them. Um, so like if you're on Twitter or Facebook and you see like, uh, you know, the tagline, like the body of it above the article, uh, I'm the one who writes those for my articles might be out of character for the type of things that 
uh, the way that things are posited, but that's by design. But like on, so on that one, I use the, the Kendrick Lamar line, sit down, be humble. Cause listen, my guy, your whole team lost, but in both years, but you are probably the most recognizable face as to why the defense did not succeed against Michigan. You know? That would be like, that would be like Ronnie Bell after the 2019 Penn State game coming out and being like, I just think it's funny that they're celebrating this win. Like, bro, I mean, it wasn't the reason they lost, but he's the face of why they lost that game, right? You know, and obviously we, you know, everybody kind of came together to like cheer him after that. Even us in the media, I'd say we 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 did because it's he's a he's a good dude. But you know, any any time that someone has a very visible mistake, let alone two in consecutive years that play a part in costing you the game, sit this one out. Have some grace, man. Just be like, well, they want to. Hopefully, we get them again next year instead of being like, they can't talk to me. And then relying on what those before you did. Why the arbitrary 15 years? They won two games in the last 15. Why not go 25? Why not go 30? Why not go series record? Because he knows that that makes him feel good, right? You could be like, you know, hey, we're we're five and two against him. We're seven and two against them. You go back long enough, you realize that doesn't work. Because guess what? Michigan is 2-0 against the Ohio State Buckeyes and hasn't lost a game against them in, what, 1,000-plus? I'd have to look at the countdown clock. It's been a while. It's been since that wintry day in 2019 in Ann Arbor. All right, we're going to continue on here in just a moment. Um, We've got some more topics. I want to get to some of these transfer things because ESPN – Ranked, uh, did like their top 75 transfers. Uh, that came out yesterday. And then today, 20, uh, 24 7 Sports released their, uh, their updated transfer portal rankings. Definitely some discrepancy between them, but I've got some thoughts. Before we do that, the midway point of the NBA season is here and is now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, super easy, and uh, secure and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes claimed. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner with the NBA. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. 
From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, if I cough here pretty early on, I mean, you won't hear it because I'll mute it <laughs> after the fact. But I should have done it during the breaks. I'm like biting it off. The fun part of doing these, and I, I keep all of these. I try to make this feel like radio. You know, I don't, I don't like to, I don't like to mute things if I don't have to. I don't like to go back and edit things if I don't have to. I want it to be spur of the moment. I want it to feel like you're sitting here with me. That's always been by design since very early in the show. Um, so we keep it that way. I want you. I want you to feel like you are sitting in that chair right where the camera is. Um, so that is the goal. Anyway, let's get to these transfer portal rankings. Um, so twenty four seven sports updated theirs. Uh, but before we get to that, I do want to do the ESPN top seventy five. So they got four guys in. I don't necessarily agree. Like, I understand 75. That's a that's not a huge number con- considering the amount of guys out there. But it's it's big enough where it's impressive that Michigan got four of the seven incoming transfers on the list. But certainly big discrepancies between how ESPN and 24-7 sports sees it, which, I mean, 24-7 sports has been king of the mountaintop for a very long time, and there's a reason why. Uh, so I, I would take them above all, but there are some guys that made the cut and others that didn't. And I would advocate for a couple of the guys who didn't make the cut. We'll get to them in a moment. They would have made the cut, I believe in the 24 seven one, but so the four guys by ESPN are number 22 overall, Ernest Hausman linebacker from Nebraska, number 26 edge rusher, Josiah Stewart, uh, the, uh, out of coastal Carolina. I already said edge rusher. Number 57, offensive tackle, Ladarius Henderson from Arizona State. Number 74, Miles Hinton, offensive tackle from uh, Stanford. So, uh, Miles Hinton slides in there. And keep in mind, he's a former five-star. And it's, it's, a, it's one of those things where it's a blessing for Michigan to get him. I mean, he hasn't... He didn't set the world on fire in Palo Alto, but he has that talent and physical traits that you can't teach. And now he's, you know, Stanford's been a struggling program the last several years. And even their offensive line, when they've gotten guys, have not necessarily panned out the way that you would hope. So it, it, it makes sense that he would be thought of as being a high-end prospect here. Um. Ladarius Henderson's, I thought, rated a little too low at 57. Kind of a mauler, kind of perfect for what Michigan wants to do. I think if he was at a bigger school than Arizona State, he would have been looked at much differently. Josiah Stewart, uh, I think, is uh, somewhat underrated, but, I mean, he didn't have the most explosive 2022 compared to his 2021. He had, like, two and a half sacks last year uh, and three and a half sacks. But he had 12 and a half the year before. So we'll see. You know, you think he's probably pretty good. And then Hausman, obviously, has been the star of them all. Uh, so I think it's a fair list. 
you know, they've got a lot of guys like Sam Hartman above, you know, above them. Uh, obviously, the basically the Travis Hunter and Shadur Sanders are the guys that are rated much higher generally uh, on their list. And it makes sense. They're the big names, you know, and they're coming with Dion, and then they were already big time recruits and all of that. So you're going to look at them in that light. I think that the Drake Nugent eraser is despicable. <laughs> I'm speaking way too hyperbolically there, but it's Drake Nugent, I think, should be much higher up. I think he's going to be in the running for the Remington. Do I think he's as good as Olu? No. Do I think he's as, uh, as good as Andrew Vistardis? Yes. think he's right in between those two somewhere. And I think he's going to earn that starting job, and I think he's going to really surprise people. That's, what, that's my takeaway from Drake Nugent. Now we'll see. I was right last year about Olu. Around this time, I had predicted Olu would win the, uh, the, the Remington. And that happened. But I'm sure that if you go back to my bold predictions, 10 bold predictions every couple months leading into the season, as we revise things, as we learn more from spring ball and all of that, um, it always seems like, uh, you know, you hit on a few and you miss on a lot more. That's just the nature of it. And it's always funny because you get months later, I get people being like, but you said it's going to make me cough. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did say, but that didn't mean that it's, uh, that didn't mean that that was a hundred percent going to happen. There's no sports writer. That is prognosticated to that level. Zero. Otherwise, they wouldn't be a sports writer. They would be a um, doing things in Vegas, you know. Solving the cough issue, hopefully. So, four in the top 74. Um, two in the top 30. Top 26, and then two in the bottom end. So, let's go to 24-7 sports here. Uh, because they have, I forgot offhand what they were. But remember, at the time that Ernest Hausman had committed to Michigan, he was the number one overall prospect in the transfer portal, according to 24-7 Sports. He was only usurped by Travis Hunter, and that remains true. He's still number two, according to 24-7 Sports, with their re-rank. So that's, that's big. Um, I will say this. I don't know where everyone ranked beforehand at this point. I mean, I could look it up, but I'm not going to. Ladarius Henderson comes in at number 15. So a lot higher. Mm. Trying not to cough, trying. Uh, so the, Again, very you know, rated as an interior offensive lineman. Clearly, Michigan is looking to play him outside. Um, so yeah, I, I you know he's still ranked pretty high. So I do know that some of these guys have fallen a little bit, but there have been more names added. So no more in the top fifty. Michigan had. Multiple guys in the top 50 initially, but they're still mostly ranked. Uh, we got Josiah Stewart at 63. 
We got AJ Barner at number 72. He is the other one I feel is kind of a snub, right? I mean, he's in their top 75. Four star, according to 24 7 Sports. Maybe he was just outside on ESPN. We don't know. But um, I, I'm equally, I'm, I'm most excited about Drake Nugent and AJ Barner above probably all of the others. Am I wrong? Probably. We'll find out. Um, then we got a couple more here. They did 150, top 150. So now we're down into the hundreds. Miles Hinton's 120. Drake Nugent's 126. And I think that's it. Wait, oh, we can go. I know they just re-ranked the 150, so I don't know where the other guys are. But that's uh, that's the bulk of it, right? Actually, I think that was everybody except for Jack Tuttle. Makes sense that a guy who was a backup at Indiana who moved to Ann Arbor to be a backup is not going to be ranked necessarily very very high. But uh, yeah, that's that's everybody in that top uh, the the six of the seven included there. So Michigan did a really good job, you know, really good job. So the transfer portal rankings, uh, Michigan certainly fell out of that number one spot because other teams took more and took higher guys, I guess. Uh, they're, they're sitting at, uh, at 16th because you look at Colorado has 25 incoming transfers. Michigan's got is, is the highest with the least, right? The only other school that has single digits that's ahead of Michigan, which there's two, Florida State at number three with nine, and Miami with eight at number 12. Average star ranking is, um, let's see, 91.56 for Florida State, 90.63 for Miami, 90.71 for Michigan. Um, I can't sort by average star rate ranking, but if you did, they would be a top 10 group. Still, the fact that Michigan's ranked 16th in the, uh, the transfer portal rankings, knowing how Michigan has long been, it's pretty exemplary. It's not something you normally expect, considering Michigan's not really been a go out there and get a high-profile transfer uh, type uh, scenario. And uh, I believe Michigan's the top in the Big Ten, if I'm not mistaken. Still, no, Indiana actually is. They have 18. But so uh, nonetheless, impressive for Michigan. All right. Um, I do want to get to one other point, and that was uh, Brad Crawford. 24-7 Sports did his top 35 coaches going into 2023. Where did he have Jim Harbaugh? Let's get to that momentarily. All right, so finish out here a couple more minutes uh, talking about this 24-7 sports ranking. Uh, Going back, I did shatter some of my own illusions. But uh, because I went into writing the article about Brad Crawford's article under the impression that Jim Harbaugh was behind both Ryan Day and James Franklin in last year's rankings that Brad Crawford did. I was incorrect. He was ahead of both of them. He was number six in 2020 going into 2022. Ryan Day was eight. I don't remember where James Franklin was. But obviously coming out of 2020, yeah, he was behind at least 
uh, Ryan Day, I think also James Franklin, Paul Christ, uh, Pat Fitzgerald. I think he was behind Kirk Ferentz. I, I, maybe he was ahead of one of those guys. But that made sense in the time. So how things have changed. And if you follow Brad's work long enough, generally you get the feeling he doesn't like Michigan. And I worked with Brad. And I generally get the feeling he doesn't like Michigan. Right? Like, he going into the Ohio State game last year, you know, he was one of many that wasn't giving Michigan a chance. Like, all year long, bowl projections. Not even a chance that Michigan at 11-0 and was going to find its way into the college football playoff at that time. You know, that's like the, the mentality, like, nope, Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl. So things have certainly changed. So it's, uh, it, things have absolutely changed. Because now Brad Crawford has his new rankings out. And he has Jim Harbaugh as the number three coach in the country heading into the 2023 season. You you know who the number one and two are. Surprisingly, Nick Saban is number two, which I guess makes sense because, you know, Kirby Smart has won back-to-back national championships. Can't fault him for that. But how things change, just even in perception and everything, and even now still... And I'm just someone covering the team. I don't feel like it's real. I don't know about you, but I often do not feel like it. It's like I'm still waiting for the other shoe to drop, right? The rival fans out there saying Michigan's going to go 7-5 and five this year, which is insane, you know, given, you know, what we've talked about as being the most important things out there. You can go to my article I wrote on Sunday, which we haven't discussed here, which I very well could have uh, one of these shows, but... uh where I, I did some mathematics. I did some, uh, <laughs> it was weird. I, I had to, I had to do a, a series of, of like, all right, here's how much I weigh this particular thing for Michigan. You know, 40% of a hundred percent was returning experience using ESPNs returning experience. I said, all right, this is, this is the number they gave them convert that into a hundred, convert that to 40% of it. There you go. Same thing with recruiting rankings for the uh, composite of the last four years and recruiting rankings and uh, some other things. And I determined Michigan mathematically was uh, in the best position based off of my subjective analysis. So that makes sense. And that's even with Ohio State having a perfect score in recruiting because naturally that's what I compared everyone else to was Ohio State. Because they've led the way each of the last four years. So, uh, that said, Jim Harbaugh is finally at least getting that type of, he's right there. But Brad Crawford has it right. Last sentence, he's got to win a playoff game. Didn't say he has to win it all. He has to win a playoff game. Now, will that make or break you? No. We're, we, we talk about Lincoln Riley like he is the God's gift to coaches, right? And he doesn't want a playoff game. So sometimes you can you can have that, you know, he, he's going to get that benefit of the doubt in ways that Jim Harbaugh won't. But Jim Harbaugh's ranked ahead of him. So there you go. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Thursday will either be the mailbag or 
more likely it's going to be we have a press conference tomorrow. So uh, with uh, Mike Barrett, Roman Wilson, and Mike Sainer still. And then we got the basketball game. So chances are we're going to spend, you know, time on both. And, uh, and then we'll do the mailbag on Friday because that's just how that goes. But thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll be back on Thursday. Peace.